On this episode, we're talking about preparing your heart for people to leave. Welcome to From the Field. My name is Ryan Hughley. I'm lead pastor of Ridgeline Church in Salt Lake City, Utah, and the founder of Telio, a care and formation ministry for pastors. And I'm Tyler Dravitz, the executive pastor at Ridgeline Church and also the president of MyXP, a ministry where we provide remote executive pastor support to churches around the country. And before you get any further, I just need you to know, I had a call this week with one of our passionate listeners. Mm. And he vouched we for We have passionate listeners? Maybe, I don't know. It felt like it. Okay. Regardless, he call, he vouched for my pronunciation of pumpkin. I don't care. He's stupid too. <laughs> cool. <laughs> I mean, now you're talking about a listener. Can we really afford to lose any? I don't know. I'm just I mean, saying, I, I didn't like, know we had any. So. Before we delved into our conversation, he said I just need you to know I say pumpkin too. No, that's good. Well, both of you should take any sort of basic phonics class to learn how to yeah. pronounce all phonics the phonics class. All, all are, the, are those a big thing? Well, apparently they need to be. <laughs> well, that could be, but that's I, not my too problem. Too much of our population is saying pumpkin. <laughs> all right. So uh, we're in a series talking about building a church you actually want to be a part of, and we're going to jump back into that. But before we do that, we're going to start something new this episode. Okay. And here's, here's what it boils down to. We've been friends for 25, 26 years, uh-huh. and I'm bored with you. Oh, yeah. There's no, and you're bored with me. It's mutual. Oh, man. There's no new information. Mm. We have, we're like a, just a bored, married old couple with nothing left to talk <laughs> oh, about. Man. There's nothing left to learn mm. about you. There's nothing interesting you're going to say to me anymore. That's pretty much what it's gotten to. I won't get into it for a myriad of reasons, <laughs> but when I think about our friendship, yeah. I think about this whole like kind of a bit that Chris Rock does yeah. about that very thing. Yeah. It's super funny. I couldn't. You're do not going to Michael Scott and like do no, the bit, right? No. Okay. For many reasons. I mean, I think you have to have an audience to get canceled, but I'm pretty sure people get canceled for that in our culture. Yeah. 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 So find it. And listen to it okay. on your own. So, so we're going to start something new. Yep. All over our ministry center, we have uh, like 17 of these boxes that are uh-huh. filled with all these question cards for like parties. And, and all what are they stuff. called? I don't know. Does it say on This them? one just has a bunch of dumb words all over it, the back of it. So I'm not sure what it is. They're like conversation starters. Yeah. And I, they're like ideally designed. But they have like a brand. Yeah. I don't know what it is, though. This yeah. literally just says brilliant, fabulous, my favorite. Hmm. Yeah, so I don't know. It's lame. Yeah. Yeah. So each one has a question on it. So each week we're going to pull one at random. Okay. No idea what it says. I don't don't even know if there's a theme to these, to be honest. There is to each box, but I don't know which one this box is. I don't know what this one is. This one has like medals and awards all over it. I'm not sure what the theme is. Yeah. So we're going to do this question and see if we can learn something to, you know, keep the fire alive in our friendship. All right. Because it's dwindling. We both know it. We can feel it. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) Okay, here's the question today. (laughs) I don't even know what to do with this one. I don't know if I've ever done this. What's the most fun bar game? Have you ever played a bar game? No, one time. Yeah, me neither. All right, well, pause for a second. The box is by you. Grab grab another one at random. Okay. This is is why these are stupid. Oh, here you go. 
Table Topics. That's the brand. It's on the other side. Okay. And this is uh, the theme for this box is best things ever. Okay. Well, that wasn't a good thing. That wasn't a good thing. We've never done that. The downside to our blindly doing this is people get to experience with us the lack of preparedness of these cards. The problem with the bar Ah. game thing is we prefer to drink alone. This is... We don't really go to bars very often. (laughs) Well, and in Utah, it's just such a waste. Don't get me started. All right, this is a good one. What's the best magic trick you've ever seen? What? Oh, man. Best... Let me Mm -hmm. think. Best magic trick I've ever seen. I will say my... I'll start working my way there with my favorite magician of all time is for sure David Blaine. Okay. Because he's either actually magical or he's the devil. Yeah. Um, I agree with that. Let's see. My favorite magic trick I've ever seen. I watched it. The one that comes to mind for me is he did a special where he was in Harrison Ford's house and he was doing a card trick for Harrison Mm -hmm. Ford. Harrison Ford um, chose a card, wrote his name on it, put it back in the pack, back in the box, gave it to David Blaine. David Blaine then has the box. He tells him they're in in Harrison Ford's kitchen. He tells Harrison Ford to grab a piece of fruit out of his fruit bowl Mm -hmm. that's like on the other side. So he grabs an orange, tells him to cut it open. He cuts this orange open. His frickin' card was in the orange. See, That's like some straight-up voodoo. Right. Yeah, I feel like... (laughs) So I'm thinking of... I can't give you even a specific, but that sort of street magic thing. Yeah. Uh, Chris Angel is another one who does a similar type thing. And I think that sort of like it couldn't be planted blows my mind. Yeah. Because when I was young, I mean, I loved, I wanted to be a magician so bad. I got like little magic kits. That does not surprise me. No, I mean, I was like super into it. I would get magic kits. Like on TV shows, there would be like magic stores. And I wish Rapid City, South Dakota had a magic store. It does not. I wonder how many cities actually have a magic store. I don't know, but... Not on TV enough. shows all the time. Yeah. And um, so I wanted to do all of it. And I got like a magic kit one year for Christmas and all of that. So I'm into all of that. I was really big in like, I remember when I was younger, it was like behind the magic and and the people like showing you behind the... Yeah, that's not cool. You lose well, your and they were like, they had like their voice changed and they wore a mask <laughs> oh, and all that. Right. Because they would have like, in the magic community, it would have been bad You're news. You're blackballed, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but... I think that sort of like. Do you remember when Joe Bluth gets kicked out of his magic community in Arrested Development? <laughs> yes, that's amazing. Because <laughs> he explained how he did a trick or something. Yes, that type of thing. Yeah. So yeah, I, I'm I'm into magic. All right, for sure. I'm into magic too. Mm-hmm. If you if one, so let's talk about Harry Potter for mm-hmm. a second. Okay. Because we haven't hit full depth nerddom apparently. Right. Mm-hmm. If if one actual spell on Harry Potter could mm-hmm. be real, what would you want it to be? Oh, a spell? Yeah. I or like oh. one of the ma- some some aspect of the magical world of yeah. J.K. Rowling. What would you want? To I be? like the invisibility cloak. That's yeah. kind of creepy. I know. What would you do with an invisibility cloak? Just like be in rooms that people don't know I'm in. Hmm. You know, people go to jail for that, right? Yeah. 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 Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. I know. I think this question was a mistake. But they couldn't find me. Yeah, I'd like to get this back if I could. Yeah, okay. Okay. All right. <laughs> what about yours? Uh, let's see. One magic. I like the. Uh, oh, I'm gonna draw a blank on what it's called. We're we're rewatching That's those okay. right now. The uh, the one where they uh, like transport from place to place, kind of like teleporting. Oh yeah, that was good too. No, yours is already prison worthy, so you don't get to have another yeah, one. All right, That's all right. Cool. That's cool. So I'll take that. Mine is uh, not a federal offense. Sure. 
The one where Hermione fixes the glasses. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, that, that, that could be so That'd be good. You know what you could use is you could use a spell that takes a stain off your shirt when you're eating and spilling yourself, which happens at almost Listen, every meal. Let's, let's move into our episode. Okay. Could we? All right. This is getting too personal for you. All right. So we've been in this series talking about building a church you want to go to. And, and now uh, I don't want to go to this one, but <laughs> that's fair. So the first week we we uh, we set it up with clarifying. We're not talking about like going off in a field and dreaming up your own kind of church. Yeah, we're talking specifically more and more about culture. Okay. Um, and so then we talked about how to gain clarity um, for your culture. Like what what type of church do you actually has God wired you to lead culturally? Sure. So we talked about all that. And then this week, we're going to talk about what sounds like kind of a depressing topic, but we're going to talk about preparing your heart for people to leave. And the premise of this conversation is um, when you get super clear about your culture uh, and people actually can understand it, Mm -hmm. then there are going to be people, as heartbreaking as it is, that the culture that you have created does not resonate with them and they're going to leave your church. And that's really, really hard. Well, and the truth is, if every, if like everyone resonated with one type of church, there would be one church. Right. There'd be no. I need. think the Catholic Church is still like rocking that. <laughs> right. And as a strategy, it connects with some. Yeah. Lots. Actually. Millions. I think they're yeah. the biggest. Yeah. So yeah. they're doing okay. Tons. <laughs> but the more specific you get, the more polarizing it's going to be. Sure. And the more that people, I think I heard Rick Warren one time say that um, just that very thing, that the clearer you get, that the more people are going to leave and that it's a sign of health, that you have clarity on that. And so what we want to talk about is just getting your heart ready for that. Okay. Because I think sometimes that comes as a big shock. I do think there is an aspect, I was thinking about this today, of culture creation that is like creating anything. So if if you've ever been a creative of any kind where you wrote a song or you wrote an article or whatever, Mm -hmm. a sermon you create it or a system even like you create this thing, you put it out into the world. I was trying to draw you. I in. was going to say, yeah. thank you for that, yeah. that pivot. There, There's yeah. a system too. Um, so you create this thing, you put it out. And if you're fired up about it, you're pumped about it. You want the whole world to be pumped about it too. Totally. And it, and there's like, I don't care how thick skinned you are. Like it hurts when people aren't pumped about it. Right. When you tell someone your idea, you're so excited about that. Yeah. Like, oh yeah. Okay. And they squint at you just like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It doesn't yeah. feel great. And so what we want to talk about, that's a normal thing that's going to happen. And how do we actually get our hearts prepared for that? And then next week, we're going to talk about actually some things to keep in mind when we're actually walking people through that and allowing them to leave in a way that, you know, maintains some semblance of relationship and honors people and all that. But this week, we really want to talk about the internal and how do we get our own hearts ready, the things that we're going to have to fight uh, to stay healthy when people are leaving our churches. Great. Make sense? Do it. Yeah. All right. First up, we want to fight the notion that something is wrong. So it doesn't necessarily mean that something's wrong. I think there is a tendency anytime someone voices discontent or frustration or they say they're going to leave, the automatic assumption is I must have done something wrong or mm. something we're doing is wrong because if everything is right, people won't leave. Yeah. And that's just not accurate right. at all. I would argue it's actually a sign that you're being very, very clear. Yeah. And uh, I had a friend tell me one time that when the right people leave your church, it frees you to be the church God called you to be. Sure. Um, and that's been something that's been really encouraging to me. My my hope is never like, 
I really want people to leave like in droves. Yeah. I want everyone to resonate, but I've tried really hard to always be very open handed and to tell people if who we are does not resonate with you, then I want you to find a church that does and I'll do my best. We'll do our best to actually help you do that. Yep. But it just certainly does not mean that something is wrong. And I think you're actually, you've always been really good about, um, being an anchor. I think in that, like when okay. I feel like, cause that, uh, if I'm honest, that is my first response. I feel like we must be doing something wrong because we're okay. so great and so lovable that if someone's leaving, it must be because we did something wrong. For sure. <laughs> yeah. I'm lovable. You're mean. Well, yeah. Um, but it's just, but you've always been real good about helping me think real rationally about walking through, like, it doesn't mean something's wrong. Sure. It's just not everybody loves who we're called to be. Sure. Yeah. And I think it's always so important. I mean, we've talked about this at different episodes for different series, but really, I mean, making sure that there's not like a thin reason making sure I think, I think what I would hate is that someone would hear this and be like a horrible leader or just like an awful person. Mm -hmm. And when people leave, it's like, well, I must be clear about my vision. Yeah. And I just think that that's that's not what we're trying to say here. I think that if your knee jerk reaction, every time someone, whether they're new or they've been with you for a while, Every time someone comes, I mean, truthfully, if you're preaching the Bible and, um, you know, you like work hard to get people connected, you're probably not going to have too many people come one week and then never again. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what makes it challenging because if they come one week and never again, maybe you met them and you're like, I wonder why that couple didn't come back. Mm -hmm. And and, and it's pretty easy to do. It's Mm -hmm. the people who come for maybe six months or something mm-hmm. like that, that then move on, that it's a lot harder. I think, I think it's, it's really, but, but those people have had an opportunity to really understand the vision. Mm-hmm. They've had an opportunity to like, uh, you know, interact with the people and all of that and to genuinely determine like, I'm good. Cause yeah. those people who, I mean, even as we planted this church, we had a couple come and they were like sold out and wanted to like basically like die at this church, yeah. have us do all of their like life events. Yeah. And then I believe the details of that situation were uh, you received an email and it wasn't responded to within 24 hours. Yeah. And, and they then, left. Yeah. And then they left it. But all a, of this in happened really, inside of like two weeks. Oh yeah. In a really like make a splash sort of way. Yeah. And those types of people are not who we're talking about because you're just like, I mean, uh, you know, like I don't remember their names, not because I'm dismissive, but they weren't really a part of the church. And so if you're someone who um, gets even devastated about that, like it's probably time to work through a few things. But I think, I think that the people who um, have been like, you know them, you probably Mm -hmm. know their kids' names, you know what's going on in their life, and then they tell you that's that's a little harder. Yeah, it is. And I would say practically, I think one thing that we've always tried to, not always, but probably within maybe three years into redemption, I think, is when we started doing, like, our Connect class. Okay. Something like that. 
but we've we've tried to as quickly as possible front load people with as much understanding of our culture as possible Absolutely. so that they can and I've always been very upfront at the beginning our goal is to help you understand as quickly as possible who we are mm-hmm. so that one of two things happens either yep. your heart really does resonate and you're like I'm in this is where I want to be or it doesn't and yep. you can find a place that does I think to your point what's really hard is when people do hang out for six months to a year. They do build relationship, They and then they come to find out who you actually are because it takes that long because you're not clear. Totally. And then it's just much more painful exit rather right. than if you can help people make those decisions as quickly as possible. Well, and I think even uh, I've taught a number of those classes at any church that we've been a part of, and any time I do... I always close it with the same prayer that like God would either mm-hmm. like uh, light your heart on fire for mm-hmm. what he's doing here mm-hmm. or he would call you somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And I think that having now been a part of uh, churches that I love and am excited about and having been a part of a church or two that um, did not resonate with me, I genuinely mean that. Mm-hmm. And, and even uh, the conversations I've had with a handful of people who have decided to leave our church uh, my like, I always feel like I want them to go, mm-hmm. not because I want to see people leave, but mm-hmm. because if you don't feel mm-hmm. the way that I feel, so one, if you don't have like a like a sin issue to discuss, mm-hmm. which you know by God's grace has not been the case yet, yeah. But if you don't have a sin issue to discuss, and it's just like preference stuff, mm-hmm. if the way that we do it does not like. I mean, to me, it's the best. Like, I feel like, you know, the like musician who goes into a town and is like, this is my favorite city. Mm-hmm. Every like, this is my favorite church. Right. It's where I want to be. There's nowhere else I want to go to church. Right. And if you don't feel that same way, please, by all means, like, like out of concern for your relationship with the Lord, mm-hmm. find that place yeah. that you like not dread going on Sunday mornings, but look forward to yeah. going. And if our church isn't it, yeah. Like, so be it. And, yeah. and give people permission to do yes. that. Say that stuff. Yeah. Because I, I, mean, I think it does. I, I do think, I think that, that this, I think this is especially true of church planners that are like trying to get a thing going. Yeah. They, it's, it's very easy to, because you feel so desperate to get people, yeah. you come off desperate. Yeah. And yeah. whether you're like a guy trying to get a date, like uh-huh. desperate is not yeah. a good look. Yeah. It's not attractive to people. Sure. I think the more open-handed and more freedom that you give people, the more permission you give people, the more they feel like this is a safe place for me to, to be. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think, I mean, we've even offered like, uh, to, to have people articulate for us, what is it that you're looking for? And especially here, considering there aren't a ton of churches in the area, one of the downsides is you might be looking for one that just hasn't been planted here in Yeah, Salt Lake you might city. literally have to go to a different city. Yeah, yeah, you might, yeah, or probably a different state. Yeah, oh yeah, uh, definitely. <laughs> definitely a different state. But uh, if you help us understand what you're looking for, I want to find that church for yeah, you. Yeah, totally. Because again, I feel like I'm spoiled rotten. And mm-hmm. if you don't, then let's help you get there. Yep. Yep. That's good. All right. Mm-hmm. So fight the notion that it means something is wrong. What's mm-hmm. the second one? Fight not to take it personally. How many conversations dun, dun, dun. have you had with <laughs> pastors about someone leaving their church and they are just like so demoralized? I'm the worst. Everyone hates me. How how frequently would you say that that? I was going to say you response? want a number. I don't know. Um, Always. Yeah. Basically any time we're talking. And and I think, um, I think it's helpful to know from you that, that I've been 
helpful in that, that, you know, that it mean it doesn't necessarily mean something's wrong. And I think when you take things personally, you might think that there's something wrong with you. Yeah. And I think that one of the, one of the areas that I can add value to the churches we support and, and you as well is like, you, sometimes you just need someone to help you know, like, that's just not true. Yeah. And I do think, uh, even in the churches we support, I have some very unique pastors mm -hmm. that are going to have a unique following. Mm -hmm. So it's not just like a vanilla thing yep. where you're going to attract all the masses. And that's fine. Be you. Be who God's created you to be. Mm -hmm. And trust that there are going to be other people that resonates with. That's what, what this entire series is about. Mm -hmm. um, and, and be comfortable in that. And then recognize, to your point earlier, like they're not rejecting you. And even if they say they are, they're not like if you are responding to the call, the call that God has placed on your life and the burden he'd get, he's given you for a different kind of church in your city, then you are like being obedient to the Lord. And just because someone else doesn't like it doesn't matter at all. Yeah. At all. Yeah. I think there's something good in that that is... Um... Like people can even leave for a personal reason and mm -hmm. you can still choose not to take it personally. Cause even if someone does sit down, cause you are a part of the culture. Yeah. Yeah. Like your personality, your preaching, yeah. your leadership are a significant part of the culture. And even if they sit, I've had people say kind of this kind of stuff to me. I've sat down with people and they've, they've very much told me, Oh no, it's definitely you. <laughs> like for it's not you. It's me. It's like, no, it's, it's not you. me. It's for sure. you. Yeah. Yeah. And even that is if you are being, again, your caveat is important as long as there's not sin, yeah. you know, or anything like that. If you are being, you, it it doesn't feel good to have people not like you, but mm -hmm. I don't know, like get some therapy. We're not in junior high anymore. Like not right. everyone likes us. We That's part of being an adult and having to learn to live with that. But you can choose, even if someone is leaving because they actually don't resonate with you, uh -huh. you don't have to take that personally. You're just being who God made you. That's true. And I feel like I just had this epiphany. That's only a problem that kids who were popular have. I was not popular. Mm -hmm. I didn't have very many friends. You just have a long history of people not liking you, so yeah. it doesn't hurt so, your feelings anymore. So, yeah, so it's uh, it's sort of expected, yeah. you know, like, well, sure, yeah, move along. So stop being a cupcake is pretty much exactly. What you're it's the it's only the people who like had swarms of people follow them around who get really bothered by yeah. hearing that people don't like. I don't know. I like. I am a. I am a an acquired taste. It's true for sure. Yeah. So I just know not everyone's gonna like it. That's yeah. cool. Or it's gonna I take it's, a long. Time. I think it's great. Oh yeah, you are your favorite thing. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I am, I am for sure. And if I'm not yours, that's okay. Yeah. I think if I could, if I could, if I had a spell, uh, or uh, we'll call it wow, a prayer because really I'm a Christian. I'm really, thing, you, yeah. I really derailed on the magic thing. Yeah, but cool. I think if I had, if I could make one wish on behalf of all pastors, it yeah. would really be that they would just have tremendous security in who they are personally yep. and in the church that God's called them to leave, mm -hmm. to lead, um, <laughs> to a degree that people not responding to that does not affect them. Right. Because you know who you are. Sure. You don't need to change who you are. You can't really change who you are. God made you a, per a specific person yeah. and to lead a particular kind of church sure. and just let that be okay. And when you take it personally and, and sometimes, and I know some guys that spiral, mm -hmm. you do a disservice to the people who like love you. Totally. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. 
you're impacted and you're like, and maybe your sermon's a little off or maybe your counseling meeting you had coming up is a little off or maybe whatever, maybe the post you put on social media is a little dark. Mm-hmm. Um, and those who like are, are like, like with you. Yeah, yeah. Who are like for you. Mm-hmm. And with, like, it just doesn't like, it's not fair to them yeah, because, because you're, you're, uh, having them because those who've left or those who've, you know, shared with you that they're not into you or whatever are now gone, mm-hmm. but there are other people who are still there. Mm-hmm. And I think it's really important that we don't get bogged down mm-hmm. in that kind of, you know, downward spiral. We hadn't yeah. planned to talk about this, but I'm yeah. curious if you had any, like off the top of your head advice for, um, sometimes it is cause you've done something wrong. Yeah. Um, how do you, how would you counsel someone to do some assessment around trying to get to the bottom of, is this person leaving because I genuinely, cause we have had people that would leave and they would say like, they don't think I preach the Bible. I mean, I've literally yeah. had people say yeah. that to me. I, yeah. I would say objectively that is inaccurate. <laughs> right. Um, but people do. So people make claims. Yeah. Any advice on, and on trying to discern, there is something that we are not doing well yeah. or that we have done wrong that we need to correct sure. or no, man, we're just being who God made us to be. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. A couple of things. I think one, have some people different than you that you can ask and, and maybe people that don't go to your church. I'm not talking about your like lead pastor buddy who your, your job is to both basically affirm each other through yeah. your hard times. You yeah. need that guy too. You need yeah. your friend. Uh, but somebody who like, um, uh, you just sees the world differently than you that yeah. you can like, you know, pass these things through. So I think that's important. Get some feedback from that. Uh, and then talk to the people who, because I think if somebody leaves for really valid reason, even the person who's like m- the most for you probably sees that they're just willing to overlook it. Mm-hmm. So I think, I think looking at some of those types of things, and then I think ultimately you have to determine like, um, like I think of the different people who've left uh, Ridgeline. We had somebody early on who was really excited, and then we didn't do some ministry types that she was she preferred. Yeah, and that was valid. Mm-hmm. And I think you also have to be willing to know that when you make decisions, like you have to be accountable for those decisions too. Mm-hmm. So I think part of it is, uh, you know, you you pre-framed your question with like, if you'd done something wrong. So I like right away, I go to sin or something Mm -hmm. like that. But sometimes you make a decision that actively excludes people. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I would term that as wrong, but just being willing to be accountable for those. Like, like, yep. Like, I mean, that person, like I, I had an opportunity to interact with and it was just like, well, it was a good and valid. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I hope that there are churches across the country doing those things. It's just not us. Yeah. God's just not called us to do it at this time. Right. And I think that's also like, I mean, at that point we were like, I think three weeks into our launch. Yeah. We literally had like 20 people and we could not feed all the hungry in the city. Yeah. So that just wasn't what God had for us at that time. Who knows what he has for us down the road. Yeah. But I was like, and I think it's not, um, flippant, it's not dismissive, but just being willing to say like, yeah, no, I I get that. Mm -hmm. And I really hope that you find a place, you know, Mm -hmm. even uh, someone recently was telling me they were looking at other churches. And my response was, I really hope you find what you're looking for. Right. And I don't mean that as a dig. I, I genuinely feel that way. Yeah. So I think, I think that, um, and I think, 
I think it's important. I had a boss one time that this will stick with me until I die. And I really disliked this guy. He mm-hmm. was the worst. I think I was probably a part of his eventual termination, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, he always, no matter what went wrong in these stores I supervised, even though I literally had no role in any of them other than supervising them, um, no matter what went wrong, something could be dirty. I didn't make it dirty. Mm -hmm. He always wanted me to start with me to Mm -hmm. figure out what I could have done differently. Mm -hmm. And I think that it's important to do that in Mm -hmm. all of these types of situations. Start with you and and think through what could I have done differently, Mm -hmm. but then also force yourself to determine, but... Should I should I have done it differently? That's good, yeah. And in that case, because there's always this, something you could have done differently. Absolutely. In that case, with this person, we could have like affirmed them, thrown you know some money at that, and like said you know take some people and go do that mm-hmm. thing. Like it was off it base, yeah, totally for what God had called us to be focused on at that time, and so it didn't make sense. And so in that case. I analyzed what we could have done differently to keep that one person. And we made the decision knowing uh, just based on the intensity with which she felt these things, Mm -hmm. uh, we knew making that decision, she was gone. Yeah. And, and she literally was the next week. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And that was fine. Yeah. And she's in a great place and doing what she loves. Yeah. And And I think, uh, and I think if we're asked about Ridgeline might comment on the fact that we don't do that thing. Yeah. Um, and also Which like true. has good positive yeah. things about us. Right. So yeah. yeah. I think the only other thing I'd add is to really pay attention to, to themes. Okay. When yeah. there's been uh and, and but fair. still I would say, like, there is a there could be I don't know how many there'd be. There could be a theme in people yeah. that have re- left Ridgeline over the last two years that we don't do, let's say, small groups in the way that they want. <laughs> yeah, we're not talking about that today. Okay. And there's a theme in that. Um, and the thing for us to correct is not to do small groups the way that they want, but yep. there, there is a kernel of something in that totally. that yep. we've really been trying to pay attention to over the yep. last few months that we want to solve in the next year. So I'm still, even when it's a theme, I wouldn't say immediately bow to the theme, right. but, but try to, to pay attention to those for sure. Something that's one off and random, probably not as significant. If sure. there's a theme, everybody's saying the same thing. Yep. Even if it's not the thing they're saying, there's probably something in that to pay attention to. Sure. Yep. Right? So fight the notion it means something is wrong. Fight not to take it personally. Thirdly, fight the need to be defensive. Oof. Uh, which is never a good look. Being defensive is never no. is never a win. No. Um, it usually means you're super insecure. Maybe you're not as convinced about this particular cultural trait or vision or program or whatever Mm -hmm. it is, I would say there's a huge difference between, I think we talked about this a little bit last week, like when it comes to culture and vision, explain, 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 explain. Mm -hmm. There's a big difference between explaining and clarifying and even re-clarifying and being defensive. Yep. So clarify and explain for sure. Like when I meet with someone who's considering leaving or has made a decision to leave, I always want to clarify our heart, our intent, our vision, but I don't want to be defensive about here's why ours is better than everybody else's and here's why you're wrong. And that's yeah. just never, we, we work really hard. We'll talk about this next week that even when people leave, like I, we want to maintain a good relationship with yes. them to the, to as far as it depends on us. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that, um, yeah, I think the reason we get defensive, it, it's so closely connected to the previous one. We get defensive because we took it personally. That's so good. if, if, if you find yourself 
being defensive, mm-hmm. you know that you did not fight to not take it personally. Yeah. <laughs> like if, if people are criticizing a cultural trait yeah. and you get defensive, mm-hmm. you've confused a cultural trait with your own identity. Totally. And yep. that's super problematic. Yeah, for sure. And I think that uh, it's the same thing, you know, and I understand like, uh, in some ways we have to think about it similar to like going to a restaurant. Like mm-hmm. you might like a meal and you might not like a meal and other people might love that place. and might love that meal. And for you, your taste buds, it's just not good. Mm-hmm. And so it's not a indictment against the chef yet. Mm-hmm. I know many that would feel that way. Yeah. It just is like, I don't know, like that doesn't taste good in my mouth. And so therefore, mm-hmm. Uh, I don't like it. Mm-hmm. That's that's just the end of it. Mm-hmm. I think I think what we have to keep in mind and what we're going to address a bit more next week is sometimes people feel the need to call the chef out to the floor to tell and them dress how much them they down. hate it. Yeah. yeah, and and act like they don't have any idea what they're doing and they shouldn't be cooking. They should be a garbage, man, you know. And mm-hmm. and sadly, that's far more normative in in Christianity and churches and mm-hmm. that type of thing than it should be. Regardless of all of that, I think it's just like, it's not you and who you are. It's your thoughts. It's your, and I get, we put so much time and energy behind these things. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, like we just can't get defensive about it mm-hmm. because then we have given people a reason to leave Yeah, and we have given people something to say once we're gone. Yeah. And I wish, I mean, I think unfortunately probably some people that need to hear this won't be able to hear this, but, but I wish people could do the same thing with their theology as mm. well. Um, and I understand it's more kind I'm not talking about like just the basic foundations of orthodoxy or anything like that, but these secondary and wait for it, tertiary issues. Oh geez. Here we go. Uh, I, I, I don't I, believe that's a word. That's okay. I mean, you say pumpkin, so well, I really don't think you get to be I the subject pumpkin, matter expert. You say tertiary. We're the same. Yeah, except mine's a word and yours is a mispronunciation that a preschooler says. Okay. And a beer company is your only <laughs> line of defense. That's true. But uh, but the same thing of just like like even if you str- like even if you have a deep conviction that a particular theological attribute is is one hundred percent true, mm-hmm. that's great. Yeah. And just you, even in that, we don't have to be like defensive and to no. fight and divide, no. like hold our, all of our convictions about theology, about culture, about all of these things with just an immense amount of humility. And yeah. it'll just go a lot better for everyone. Yeah. All right. So, uh, we're talking about these things that we yeah. need to fight in our hearts, uh, when people are going to leave. So we need to, to fight the notion that it means something is wrong. When people leave, we need to fight the need to take it personally, fight the need to be defensive. And then fourthly, we want to fight the need to be fearful. Yeah. This is one you brought up yesterday. I think it's a really, yeah. really good one. So why don't you jump into this? What What would you say mm-hmm. is the number one fear pastors have when people leave? What's your number one fear when someone leaves? Yeah, I mean, what I immediately want, like, I think, and I think what's interesting is being the executive pastor, I know the details of the finances and giving and all of those types of things. And so uh, depending on who it is, I immediately wonder like, how are we going to do this? Right. You know, I think that uh, when somebody who um, has given, uh, and I don't want to say generously because you could give $20 and it's generous. So has given an amount that uh, makes a significant impact in the the church's bank account, especially when you're small, um, right away you just wonder like, oh my goodness, how how are we going to do this? Yeah, I can't remember what the old study is, but it's like something like... um, 
90% of the finances in the church are usually given by 10% of the people in the church. Uh-huh. So we're talking about like when one of those leave. Right. Right. That that can be very scary. Sure. Yeah. And I think I think the the fearful part of it is uh, right away you wonder like should we make concessions? Should mm-hmm. we do the should we do the ministry this person's talking about? Should we whatever? And all of that like is what James is talking about with the seat of preference. Right. I think that um, hopefully in most of our church, in all of our churches, there isn't a literal seat that you are <laughs> holding for yeah. the rich people. But you know, are you giving them a voice um, outside of what you would give anyone else in the church because of that reason? Because if that's true, uh, you definitely um, are fearful and you are not trusting God to provide. Yeah. I, I mean, I could probably... We've had, we've experienced over the last 13 ish years, 14 mm-hmm. years, where we've had a number of those people, like the top 10%, the top 5% of givers in our church that have left. We really right? have. We've had a handful of that. Mm-hmm. Of those. I mean, not like hundreds, but we've had a handful, right. but, but you don't need hundreds. Like nah. it's, it's a big deal when yeah. one of those people leaves. And we have, n- I think I can safely say, we have never, not one time, in 13 years of doing ministry together in the way that we have been, have we ever not seen God immediately sure. backfill yeah. whatever that was? Yeah, absolutely. Every single time mm-hmm. in a way that is better and more healthy and more fruitful for us. Totally. But it's always, I think the only re I think I, I probably to an abnormal degree, I don't get nervous about that only because you're here. Sure. And I don't really have any idea what happens financially anyways, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm an anomaly in that. I think, sure. I think most people are yeah. much more, have much more yeah, plugged in. They're sure. much more like they see that it's the same thing in my sure. home. Like I earn our money and Tammy manages it. Mm-hmm. And I rarely have any idea what's happening. She sure. says, don't use the debit card. I'm like, whatever you want, babe. Okay. I just don't, I, I, so I don't, because I'm not the Can one. Can I that, say that? <laughs> sure. Don't yeah. use the card. Just don't use the card. <laughs> yeah. Just tell me and I won't. Yeah. Um, but if you are like, if you bear the responsibility in the mm-hmm. way to that, I get that, man. It's scary. I would say I've, I've had more, there's been some weeks where maybe we were going to do a, a new, uh, uh, we were, I would say that over the years, there's been a handful of times where we, where we had worked together and we had decided we're going to get much more clear about our culture moving forward. Mm-hmm. And that's going to mean, it doesn't even always mean change as much as it means like just kind of really cranking down on who we are. And we know back to the top that the more specific the culture, the more totally. polarizing it can be. And so sometimes what I get fearful about is as we get more clear about this, more mm. people are going to leave. Totally. And, and, and that's hard too, but the exact same thing, there has never been a time in which God has not backfilled any of these people who have left with people who are much more on board with who God has called us to be. Yeah. Yeah. Which is a win. And I think that, I mean, so much of it just boils down to just trusting God Mm -hmm. that he knows what he's doing. And again, I think it's not putting yourself in a place where you are making excuses for sinful behavior or devastating leadership or anything like that, but that you're recognizing, nah, this is like, it's just a matter of like, um, just a difference of opinion. And I think, uh, even, you know, I had a conversation (laughs) 
with someone who was so adamant about their difference of opinion compared to how we were doing something. Mm -hmm. And I think like, I mean, there had been a time or two. And in that circumstance, I mean, my thing was like, well, if you are, if it really needs to be that, like, I invite you to plant a church. It is so much more challenging Mm -hmm. than you think that it is. Right. And so by all means, if you believe that you possess all of the knowledge and skill set to do it better, like have at it. Yeah. I mean, power to you. Peace out. Yeah. Um, But I just think that um, like not putting yourself in a place where you clamor to keep people. I just think that that is um, at some point um, like, and and maybe it's not the first time and maybe it's not the second time, but you are going to compromise what God's called you to do to a place where you don't want to be there anymore. Yeah. Like, like you're going to start doing a thing that you didn't really want to do but you decided to do to keep somebody happy. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's not about their giving. Maybe it's about their involvement. Maybe it's about their influence. Maybe it's about who knows what. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe it's about the fact that like they're related to you and you don't want to hear it, whatever the case might be. Um, and you, uh, you amend what you know you should do or what you believe you should do or truthfully just what you want to do. Mm-hmm. And you find yourself spending all your time and energy doing something that you just don't want to do. Right. And pretty soon you've created an environment. I've got, I know uh, a pastor like this and, um, and uh, you know, he is it me? Has, no. It's oh, not okay, good. No. Uh-uh. This would have but, been an awkward way for yeah, you to tell me. Right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, and he's pastoring a church filled with these things. And I, I don't think he knows what to do. Mm-hmm. And just even in conversation, he's contemplated quitting mm-hmm. multiple times, but he planted the, it. Like, it's just, it's very complicated. It's and, brutal. And, uh, and so don't, don't allow your fear to derive your yeah. decision making. Yeah. It's taken me a, a long time and an immense amount of pain, but I can like before God say, I've come to a place in life where I'd rather fail at building the church that I want to go to than succeed at building one that I don't. Mm. Right? Mm-mm. Preach. That's a good sentence. That's a good sentence. I just I'm, preach. I just preach. I amend myself. I'm just telling you, I, I ha- currently in our warehouse have a couple thousand dollar trailer uh-huh. and I have also been given the responsibility of overseeing a $10 million hundred thousand square foot building and you could not get me to trade you yeah. one for the other. Take that $2,000 trailer. Oh yeah. Every day of the week. Yeah. And I think, I think that, uh, regardless of what you think you want, um, you just keep longing for that and begging God for it. He might give it to you. Yeah. And if you uh, have, if you have right now something that you love, mm. it will never be better. Nope. There's no other place. There's no other size. Nope. There's no other season that will ever be better. If you have something that you love, thank God for it mm-hmm. and, and stop, get off social media, stop right. comparing to anything else and just love what God's given mm. you. Good Cause, stuff. uh, it was uh, real hard, hard for us to get to that point. Yep. All right. Uh, so the last one. Yeah. Fight the need to feign remorse. Yeah. So, uh, you want to start on this? Or you want me to, uh, I just, yeah, you can. Okay. I think that a lot of the time, um, I don't know. I'm not sure who all listens to this, but we'll just have a real honest moment. Okay. There are people 
in every church I've ever pastored yeah. that I um, love mm. and care about and that I don't actually really enjoy very much yeah. or like. Mm. And I can say, because they told me, the feeling was mutual. <laughs> sure, yeah. And so sometimes those you know people like that will leave your church. Yep. And sometimes there's this like thing in us where we feel like we should feel really sick about that yeah. when the truth is what we really feel is like a sense of relief. Because mm-hmm. back to what I said at the beginning, when the right people leave your church, it frees mm-hmm. you to be the church God's called you to be. Yeah. And we are reticent to want to embrace that as true. And so instead, we kind of feel like we should hang our head and pout yeah. or at least pretend to because, well, they left and oh. it's really sad when people leave. When the truth is like, no, man, if they're not happy, like if they mm-hmm. don't fit and if they don't love what you're doing, you should want that for them. And when yep. they leave, because they found that somewhere else, praise God, let that be a matter of celebration and don't spend two days being a sad sack about it. Sure. And I mean, and probably a celebration for them, whether or not you throw a party that they left. <laughs> no, that's not what I meant. Yeah, I yeah. meant on their behalf. Yes, yes. Yeah, uh, but we're not but I agree. I think, and I think um, because people know, and I've even had this conversation with a few people where I'm just like, be honest you did really like that but like yeah because you could just tell like if you have conversations with someone uh, ahead of people leaving the mm-hmm. way somebody talks about them and this mm-hmm. and that like i don't know you can just tell mm-hmm. and, and truthfully like i always think about it in terms of like back when i was in grade school you got your like hot lunch we weren't like bag lunch people we mm-hmm. were hot lunch people mm-hmm. you got it and like basically uh, I think you had to sit kind of with your grade, but you could sit anywhere on those like long tables that the bench was built yeah, in. Yeah. And there are people that you gravitated and sat near. Mm-hmm. And there are other people that you saw sitting down and you were like, mm-mm. Mm-hmm. Now, unfortunately, as I shared earlier, I was the mm-mm person. Yeah, yeah. So I did a lot of alone sitting. Yeah. Um, but, <laughs> but apart from that, there's just people you just don't enjoy. Yeah. And And again, to your point, it's not a matter of like, celebrating and and being rude about it or things like that but it's also not a matter of uh, projecting this kind of mentality or this like oh i just am so wounded mm-hmm. as a re- like no yeah. ultimately i met with that person and met with that person and you know what god has provided that i don't have to meet with them no more yeah you know like and they don't and like, it's not it's not i would say like it's not wrong when someone does not resonate with the culture of your church. Right. It's not wrong for them. Nope. It's not wrong for you. We're not even just talking about like in the in the personal sense of like, I just don't like that person as right. much as it is like they don't resonate yeah. with like with just not picking who we up are. what you're putting down. Yeah. And that's okay. Yep. And and so don't pretend to be like super bummed about that. Let it let it be okay. Right. And let yeah to the degree that it's possible relationship extend beyond the confines of your own local church. Right. Like I understand it's different cause you won't see them all the time, whatever, yeah, yeah. but it like, it just, it can, it's okay. Yep. I, I think we have, we have gone so far with the command to love one another mm. that we have made it that something is wrong. If we don't all like one another and don't all like all the same things and don't like, there's no command for that. Sure. Like, we are supposed to have unity in our local churches. We are to love and serve one another. But as I've been hammering through this First Peter series that we're doing, biblical love is far more about the way that we behave toward one another than it yep. is the way we feel toward yeah. one another. 
And so behave lovingly in the exit. Whether or not you feel lovingly. But as a pastor said to me at one point, be blessed and be gone. <laughs> I could see somebody saying that. Yeah. yeah. No, I had, I had a guy sit with me. He's like, I love you a lot and uh, be blessed and be gone. Cool. Yeah. I was 22. I've never said that to anyone, but no, that was yeah. said to me and I got to say it actually cut real deep. It hurt Did a it? lot. Yeah. That doesn't feel uh, good. I might write that one down. That one I'll draw on depending yeah. on who it is. We'll see. <laughs> All right. So <sighs> we want to uh, fight these things in our hearts when yeah. people leave. Fight the notion that people leaving means there is automatically something wrong. Yeah. Fight the need to take it personally. Mm-hmm. Fight the need to be defensive. Fight the need to be fearful and fight the need to feign remorse. Yeah. So next week, we're going to come back and we are going to talk about the more external component to this, which is how we actually interact with people and handle people as they are leaving um, now that we've worked through this heart component. So uh, we'll be back with that next week. Uh, That will probably be our last episode of 2020. Will it? Episode 30 will be the last one of, I got to say. Full disclosure. Good riddance to to 2020. 2020. Yes. Did you believe when we decided to like give this like a little like reboot, uh-huh. she was going to last this long? The podcast? Yeah. No, I was really banking on the fact that you were going to get tired of it. Really? And then I would not have to do it. Yeah. yeah. I could sense that. Yeah. But I've, I've grown in my affection for it. Okay. It's, this podcast, like you, has, become, has been an acquired taste for me. <laughs> <laughs> a show I like. It's like, I don't know if it's love, more so I've grown accustomed to your face. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, now I love it, and I'm thankful that we get to uh, hopefully, hopefully, hopefully be helpful in our conversations about magic and such. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Harry Potter, Chris Rock were really, really helpful. Yeah, yeah. And, and don't forget, we'll be back next week with another random question about God Ooh. knows what to talk we'll about. See. We'll see. I'm going to read the whole deck. You can't. <laughs> You don't the whole know. the whole point I do know the whole point is that we have to answer on the spot. You don't get to prepare your answer on the front end. We don't prepare anything else. Why would we prepare for the random question? I'm gonna do a lot of research on yeah. the rando. All right. Oh, As always, if you want to uh, stay connected to uh, me, you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, all the same at Ryan Hughley. That's H U G U L E Y, and at Tyler Drabitz. That's at Tyler D R E W I T Z. All right, we'll be back next week with episode 30, talking about uh, how to actually help people leave. Peace. Oh, you're going to change it up. You're going with peace, not bye-bye. Bye-bye. That's better. <laughs>